If my love for you were any greater, trees would line up in poetic form, praise you in sonnets we've written, and allow the winds to grace your face. Darling, let me show you all the words I cannot find. Allow me to scribble them on your neck in faded lipstick stains. Bear witness, darling, to my testimony. Observe these neglected shaking hands as ivory recite our unique requiem ballad. My man, his presence anoints the heavens. His touch baptizes past hurt. Serene voice captivates my aura. Daily, I kneel willingly upon his altar. Each magnetic touch has a rhythm all its own. My sanctuary, unity found within a sacred spiritual hymn. Together, we've created our own language, one that only we can comprehend. Static frequency, our braille. Feel the breath of my cheeks glide over your body and listen to what I'm telling you. Allow my inhibitions to become your second skin. Close as humanly possible, we redefine intimacy. Daily, I try to inhale his essence without completely losing myself. Come, recite my withered pages. Notice how they contain our newfound vision as the colors paint, shape, and etch your adoring face. And we find somewhere within my chaos, far beneath the gory carnage, the purest love exists. Here, my muse entangled beside me, fingers running across each heart string, tracing from shoulder to feet, as I fall deeper into him, and discover here within a skilled poet's grace, I unexpectedly found divinity. Amidst an army of tears raining joy upon fragrant flower petals, vespers within an evening breeze that douse the flames of two hearts at war, because, darling, you are my Mecca, and I, your pilgrim. What's up, world? It's your girl, Tamika Georgia Me Harper. And when I'm listening to podcasts, I want the real deal. So I listen to Spoken Soul Sessions with my man, Poetic Black. What's up, everybody? This your girl, Ebony the Goddess. And when I'm in these poetic streets going from venue to venue, I'm tuning in to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. You're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With poetic black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken soul sessions. Oh my god. This is spoken soul sessions with poetic black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic. Start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you're focused on the goal. Today is the day we shine. And I need you to get in tune. Spoken Soul Family was good, was good, was good. Oh man, it feels so good to be back in the studio. We back. We back with season five. Season five is underway. And uh, I told you guys that I was going to have some dope interviews lined up and that that is exactly what we have today you know i took spoken soul sessions on over to clubhouse as a way to engage with a new audience you know and um to spread to spread the podcast around and when i went over to clubhouse you know uh 
to my astonishment, it was so many great artists that I was not privy to. And uh, I met some wonderful artists. And today, Spoken Soul Family, you know, an artist that I met over on Clubhouse, she's so, I mean, profound, profound in this this sphere of poetry that we love so much. Uh, let me give her the proper introduction that she deserves. I'm talking about none other than Boo, known as Boo, podcast host of La Costa Nostra. Uh, Boo was born in South Jersey. She lives in Los Angeles. She's a nurse, a mom, a widow, a sister, computer nerd, have Android developers license, created an app for poetry group on Google Play. Poetry is her therapy. She's a small business owner, an advocate for patients, a patient advocate. Uh, she's just an old Jersey girl, but she loves poetry, passionate about patient rights and addiction, mental health and malpractice. She lost her beloved mother to malpractice. She's also, get this, not just a, a phenomenal poet, but she's a pianist. She's a pianist since the, since the age of eight years old. And I've heard some of her work. Magnificent. She's a podcast and poetry group of five years long of La Costa Nostra Radio. Means this thing is ours. One daughter. Right, she got one daughter. Uh, she's been writing since the age of 12. She has written, now get this family, get this. She has written 167 forms of poetry. I'm not talking about 167, 167 poems. I'm talking about 167 different forms of poetry. She's a she's definitely a student of the game, uh, of a phenomenal person, phenomenal person, very caring, and um, I was really enthused by her work, you know, to the point that we invited her to be a guest judge. You guys remember the Grand Griot competition? We had invited her to be a guest judge for the Sonnet challenges she did an amazing job but with no further ado i want to welcome to the spoken soul session studio the lovely the beautiful boo hi there thank you most introduction <laughs> oh you are so most welcome sis i mean uh, Boo, you, you you're like uh, you know, you're different, man. <laughs> you're different. I mean, your your knowledge, your vast knowledge of of poetry, you know, all different styles of poetry. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. You know, we had you as a guest judge to come on the Grand Griot competition. And um, you did an amazing job. You did an amazing job critiquing, judging, uh, even, you know, adding up the syllable count for the different <laughs> lines, you know, and you gave a you gave a vast in-depth, you know, description of what sonnets are. And um, we, you know, we thank you for that. But uh, tell us a little bit, boo, before we get started into the actual interview, we got to get we got to get past the formalities. The first question I have to ask you, you know, because my audience will kill me. Uh, very first question. Why poetry? Why spoken word? It could have been anything else. Why did you decide? Why did you decide to use poetry as your vehicle? Well, ever since I was growing up, I feel like I felt that I was myself better in words than I do 
talking to people. Um, and, and people I found would listen to it more when I did express myself like that. I love language, I love words. I'm one of those dorks that read the dictionary. But I just thought I had more of an impact. Also, I hate to put it this way, but a lot of times when you're a woman, people just want to see the tips and ends. You know what I mean? And they don't want to really see who you are. And, but, the, but they'll read it. So I felt like I felt like I myself better that way. And then people would take me more seriously, badly enough. Mm, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, but your knowledge of poetry, because it's obvious you you definitely have a love for words. Um, if you guys didn't know the the beginning piece that we played in the beginning of the show uh, was a poem written by Boo. Tell us a little bit about this poem, because the thing I got from this, man, I mean, love, you know, the sentiment and the descriptions that you were uh, displaying in this poem about love. I thought was phenomenal. I thought was uh, it was very heartfelt, you know, if I must say. Thank so you. T- tell us a little bit about that poem. What inspired it? Love, you know, and, and true love. Someone who understands you, knows you, and you want to show them all. You know, I don't think there are no words for it. so beautiful, so profound. And if you find that, you should definitely hold on to it. If you can, um, it's almost comparing love and the right person to religion, um, like a religious experience, and how the world is more bright. Um, that's why I say the color, paint, and shape, and etch your adoring face. You know, when you're in love, everything becomes more bright, more beautiful, more vibrant, and uh, you're, you're in a place where you're content. And, and uh, you lay upon that altar for that person. You give them anything, and they for you without question. You know, mm. so I kind of think that I like to think I'm a ride or die chick <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that's interesting, man. Because I, I agree with that sentiment. I wrote a poem called The Balance of Love, and um, in that poem, it was just that I was describing love as a balance, you know, meaning that it comes back, it's something mm-hmm. that's that's gonna uh reciprocate, it's not mm-hmm. something that just takes from you, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's it not exactly exactly mm-hmm. and, and people don't know the differences because it get it gets it gets convoluted with mm-hmm. with infatuation mm-hmm. and lust and and these mm-hmm. type of things and you know people don't people don't know the difference but love always comes back it's a it's a balance i it's, didn't know love until i found the person that showed me how real adult love should be mm-hmm. no jealousy no games no hating no none of that just pure friendship openness and just happy being with that person even if you have to sit in a box you know you're happy Mm, indeed indeed i mean it's a beautiful sentiment i always love poems about love you know and and hearing different perspectives perspectives of what love is because you can learn a lot from a person's perception of what they feel love is and uh, I yeah, thought I that poem was a great example when my parents married 57 years. Mm. And I swear to you, when I tell you that they've never, I've never seen them fight how they do it. I have no idea. Mm. But it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Because it's that love for you. They probably, they probably made that pact that whatever problems we have, we're not going to bring it in front of the children, you know? Mm. And that's that love and though. The roles. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so listen, listen, I want to get into some of these styles of poetry, man, because you do a lot. You do a lot to contribute for poetry. I know you got a you got a show over on Clubhouse where you're teaching some of these styles. Like, give us a little a little breakdown, a little lesson on on styles of poetry. Give us a little example. Well, I try to teach people the poetic devices, um, with, which you know people have heard about them. But most the thing I find about the forms mostly is that people don't like structure. They don't like to be told what to do. They don't like the constraints of formed poetry. You know, you have to. Have, they don't like the syllable count, the line count. And they're just like, you know, screw that, right? Mm. So they usually get turned off right away. Thing is, like one of my favorite ones to write is called a pantoum poem, and it is very restrictive. But the thing is, when you're done. I'm going to read one later. It sounds perfect, especially if you're a rhymer like like mm. I am. 
Um, mm. It just sounds so smooth, that cadence, that flow, the meter, the iambic pentameter, which most people um, don't want to mess with either. Yeah, a lot so, of people don't want to mess with the iambic um, um, pentameter. No. They, they don't, they don't want to mess with that. Man. That's what it gets <laughs> like. Oh, you know, I remember I took a course on Shakespeare and uh the professor was going in on that man how how great Shakespeare was because he wrote in this in this rhythm and this meter and at, at the time I was like what like what's so what's the big deal you know but when you really get into it you see what the big deal is the the creativity you know being able to create with restraints it's difficult. It's the challenge. That's the that's the purpose of it. It's the challenge of the writing. Because anybody can freeform and write. You know, write what you feel, write what inspires you. But to be restrained or to be confined to a certain type of writing, that's what shows your skill, your talent, mm-hmm. you know? And um I think it's great. But yeah, man, that, that's people don't want to get into that. That's it relates a lot also to playing the piano. Like I hear when I write poetry, I hear it in music notes a lot. Mm. So I also envision the pictures in my head. So then I put them together, and and that I have a contaminator does is very good for keeping the rhythm and the flow and the, and everything, um, which I think sounds better. Some people tell me I'm too technical, but I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> but, mm. It's, 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 it's funny, man, because really, I've always had a fondness for the piano. I, I tried to learn a few times, and I don't know, man. Maybe I just need a good teacher. But uh, I picked mm-hmm. up the guitar instead, you know? And the guitar is, 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 is kind of difficult. But when yeah. you say you see the music, you see the correlation between the piano and poetry where you can see yes. like you see in notes I, I think that's dope man i think that's dope mm-hmm. being able to find that that, that, that correlation mm-hmm. i see like picture like movie movie snippets when i'm doing something and then that's how i come up with the poem but uh so you you've been playing the piano since you since you were eight yes and it's a pretty good story. I'll tell you the quick version. My, my parents were at a barbecue, and they said, my mom said to my dad, Bill, um, you need to get in here. And my dad's like, okay, Doris, hold on a minute. And she's like, no, Bill, um, you need to get in here. He's like, okay, I'm coming, right? And my mom's standing there, and I'm playing on my aunt's piano, My Way by Frank Sinatra. Mm. And my mom says, did you teach her this? And my dad's like, no, did you? And my mom's like, no. And they look at each other and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, boo, where did you learn that? And I said, listening to mommy whistle. Because my mom was always whistling music. She loves Frank, especially. So that's how I learned it. <laughs> wow. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Uh, the piano is definitely a, is one of those, those instruments that pairs so well with poetry. I yes. mean, it, it do. It do. And, um... Like that piano is just beautiful. I heard your your cover of the weekend. You did a cover mm. of the weekend. I was like, wow. I was like, I'm, I'm listening to. It. I said, hold on. I said, I know this song, and I'm listening mm-hmm. to the cover. I'm like, yeah, that's the weekend song. Uh, you're pretty good. You're pretty Thanks. good. You're really, you're really good. Like really, really, really. I try good. to make it my own if I can a little bit. You know, change it mm. up. But um. Yeah, I can play anything from rap to classical to hip hop to jazz to um, mm. write my own stuff as well. I love hymns, spiritual church hymns. Mm. Do, do you do you read and write music as well? Um, I don't write music, believe it or not. Um, and it sounds crazy, but usually I just hear it and I can play it. Wow, wow, that's how. Uh... Not everything, but <laughs> yeah. But I, like that's how I Ray Charles. Read poetry. I hear when I hear when you read, I hear music with your poetry a lot when you read. Wow. Um, in my head. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's funny because I like I like to write to music. I like to write to music, and when I do write, I I love to write to instrumentals. No yes. words. <laughs> no words, and just just feel the music. Um, it's a it's, it's a I powerful. Guy on the plate. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 
I told a guy on the site the other day if he read his poem, I, I'd never seen him on, before on the site, and I loved it. It was just phenomenal. And I said, I hope you don't think I'm weird, but I loved your poem, and I told him why. And then, if you don't mind, I would like to write a song to go with this because I have it in my head right now. And if you don't, and he was like, why would I think you're weird? And I go, well, some people, you know, they think that I'm, I'm weird. So I wrote it for him, I sent it back, and he was like, holy shit. Wow, I'm honored that you got this for my words. Like, mm. and so he put it with his poem. So some people think I'm weird when I say that to him. <laughs> nah, that's that. That's I mean, you on a different level with it, man. To be able to to make that correlation, you know, that's what the greats can do. You know, like mm. Ray Charles. Ray Charles, he didn't didn't learn to read and write music, but he can hear it. He can hear mm. it, and he could play it. And um, that's a gift. That's a gift. You know, um, I think it transcends what can be taught, you know, because some things I think we all have that little thing that we have that's unique to us. And we bring that we bring that with our poetry. We bring it with our music and in our everyday lives. We bring a little piece of us and um, that that ability to be able to hear something and to to play it back is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's right along the lines of an artist, you know, a, a person who draws who can see, you know, see something and replicate it, you know, see it in their mind and then, you know, replicate it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's phenomenal. But listen, I want to, I want the people to get a little bit more acclimated with you as an artist, you know, cause you are a phenomenal artist. You are a phenomenal yeah. artist. And uh, I want, I want my audience to get a little acclimated with you. So I'm going to set up the stage for you. You know, you have a piece available so that you can, let the people know who Boo be. Yeah. This right. is going in a different direction than the one we opened with. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me open up the stage for you. Come into the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Boo. don't you you poor creature drunk on your own sins whimpering and murmuring your loss in silence deaf and defeated searching for sound amongst the graveyard of those frequently called broken dreams battling behind berated fresh flesh haphazardly falling like rancid meat off mutilated bone i bear the weight of your insecurity on my shoulders secondhand mutt you said you were a prick so i thought i'd be a thorn Cursing yourself under gnarly acidic breath, you went hunting for praise and came back with hemoglobin-stained teeth. The light bulb moment I knew that you wouldn't get what you wanted, not from me. I don't play with willing sheepdogs who prance without purpose. Idiotic, irrational, idiosyncrasies on full display. The truth is I was far too ferocious to keep. Because my rage lives inside me, trapped behind these prison bars that I built around my heart. A wall for you to climb over, but... You never did. You didn't even make an attempt. Instead, you baited me with half-assed treats until you realized I was smart, too smart to lower myself to my, my standards to something so submissive. Now you've dug your hole, dug yourself a hole you can't get out of, raging against the realization that I wouldn't bend at free will. Sad little lifeless leashed mongrel you hoped for. Tired old dog, learn some new tricks. So, I sit here by a pit of despair and listen to you evangelize your own soul, begging for mercy, pleading for redemption, screaming at the anger in the fiery pit of failure and self-deprivation. Tell me, what scares you more? The fact that I finally see through you? Or that my bite is far worse than your bark will ever fucking be? End poem. Wow. Wow. I mean, emphatic. <laughs> emphatic. Definitely, definitely different. It was so many different things in this poem, you know, that you brought attention to. You know, the challenge you put out there. You know, uh, yeah, my heart is guarded, you know, but you didn't even try. You didn't, you didn't even attempt to come and, and get it. You know, you're not even willing to fight for it. Uh, you had some lines in there. You had some, you, you had some, it was one line in the beginning. I'm trying to remember. It escapes me. 
but you had some lines. The you said the hebo the hebo globin stained teeth. <laughs> wow, man! Very visual, very lucid. Tell us what what inspired this piece. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely pissed off at someone who promised me a bunch of things and said we were going places and then just he just left, no explanation, no reason. Um, I thought everything was fine. He just came out of left field. He just said he was going to go be quarantined and never came back. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, you hear the anguish in there. You hear the anguish. I thought you were gonna love. I, you said you were a prick, so I thought I'd be a prick. Yeah, I, that that was that was the, that was the line. You said that <laughs> you said you were a prick, so I decided to be the thorn. That was that. I love that wordplay. You know, what I'm saying the wordplay between the two of them, and I'm like, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, it was a it was a couple of lines in there, man. You had a couple of lines in there. I was like, wow, man, very slick, very witty. But uh, very emphatic, man. Dope piece, boo. Dope piece. Thank don't you. piss a poet off, man. That's one thing you don't do. You don't piss poets off. They'll slay off. you with a pen. They will slay you. They will have a whole <laughs> a whole theme about you <laughs> in a poem. All right, so look, I wanted to ask you. Let's talk about La Costa Nostra. La Costa yeah. Nostra is a podcast that you have. You know, um, this, this podcast has been running for five years. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the podcast. How did it get started? You know, uh, how did it, you know, how did it formulate? What was the aim of the podcast? Well, we're all on the website called All Poetry and have the group over there with the same name of this semester. And so we were like, hey, you know, there was another group that had a radio show and we all got kicked out of that group. <laughs> so <laughs> we were like, let's just start our own then. And um, so they told us, you can never do it. Um, we've got that nail, we've got that corner. And to which I said, watch me. Mm. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it better. And um, that's what we've done. So we beat them in the ratings every week for five years. And it got, you know, they tried to get ugly or whatever. But this group of people is not just poets. They're my best friends. They're my family. Mm. We share everything that we've been through, ups and downs and heartbreaks and deaths and losses and births and, you know, and we have about 500 episodes. So we just love come together and, and we, we, it's funny, when I came to Clubhouse, people tripped on me because I give feedback in my group. That's what we do. We give feedback. And um, whether you like it or not, and <laughs> we talk about poetry. And improve your poetry. We also do singing, music, anything like that. But um, yeah, I love them. I appreciate them so much. And you know, they are my family. Um, you said you said something very interesting. You know mm-hmm. about the feedback. In order to mm-hmm. be to be, you know, great, or in order, you know, to excel in this in this genre, you would definitely have to be able to accept critique mm. and, a, and a lot of times it's, it's interesting you know you find the people who who reject and repel critique you find these are the same people that stay kind of stagnant in their art mm-hmm. the they, same poem for two days exactly and um it, it they never grow because they're never open to someone saying well maybe you should try this they never brought in their horizon so you know, it's very crucial, you know, in being an aspiring artist, whether you're just a literary artist or you a performance artist, you know, mm-hmm. you need critique. You need mm-hmm. to be able to have people give their opinion on what they felt when they heard your piece. And it's not... And you have to actively listen as well. And most people don't. Exactly. Actively, actively <laughs> listening. You know, um, it's a lost art. It's a lost art. You know, it's sometimes, you know, we want to talk so much. We want to get things out that we don't want to take in. You know, we don't want to take in. And um, it's crucial to your growth and development as an artist. So anybody who, you know, they feel that, oh, you can't tell me I'm I'm the shit and uh, my poetry is dead. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious to everyone that it's not. 
You know, you got to be able to will, you got to be willing to take constructive criticism in order to, you know, further, you know, your growth and development. See what's what you're doing wrong, things that you can mm-hmm. address and um, make a better product. But that's dope, though. And the fact that the podcast is all friends and family, you know, uh, that's even doper to have to have that type of chemistry to be on yeah. the air. So how many people in total is on the podcast? How many hosts? Um, we have about seven hosts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the one. I want to say one thing real quick that might be helpful. I wanted to say, if you don't know what to comment on someone's phone, or you don't know how to comment, I always tell people, just pick one line. And one line that you like, expand upon that. And we're supposed to help for the feel good. Like, I feel really bad when someone reads a dope poem and no one says anything. Mm. I mean, I always say something, but it like physically hurts me. It, it, it's like you could say something. We're supposed to be supporting each other. Like, so I think that's important to, to note. But um, so yeah, we, we used to have the show five days a week, but then we got real busy and everything, and things went, you know, things happened. So now we just do it on Sunday and every other Saturday. So the one thing I was curious about, how to get people from the outside to call in, like that regular person that's at home that loves poetry, this who wants to call in and read a piece. How do we get to those people? Mm. So your your podcast is like uh, you do the you do the live show. It's a live podcast, and people can call in live. Yes. Oh, so yeah, so I see. Yeah, that now. That's like more like a, a blog talk, like how blog talk used to be or talk show yeah. when you can call mm-hmm. right into the you can call right into the show and spit live right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just uh, exposure, I guess. You know, um, I don't know. No, no, no marketing offhand. Now that I'm, now I'm thinking about it. You know, we're on all the social media and, and all of that as well. I mean, I pretty much put us everywhere I can. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. I'm always pimping. Always pimping. (laughs) (laughs) You're constantly working, trying to to put it out there. Because that's some of the things I'll be having with the podcast. Like, you know, you got to just marketing and getting people Mm -hmm. to want to listen or just give it a like. You know, like Google Ads is $60 a day minimum. Oh, wow. Wow. So the advertising as well it's very expensive you know because uh that's the thing man to get the because sometimes people don't be realizing like support doesn't always equate to oh you got to spend money sometimes the best form of support is following somebody following somebody Mm -hmm. you know post post something that they got going on to your story you know Mm -hmm. that is the best way to support whereas you're not spending a dime to do it you know but you know it's it's adding you know a tremendous a tremendous amount of you know support by just you know i'm saying doing that just go on the show rate the show you know uh email the the you know the show and ask a question or you know i'm saying comment about something you heard all these things help it helps in the support of the show so yeah, man. Yeah, that's kind of why I came on Clubhouse. I was thinking, hoping to like get people interested to call in and come in the show. And I've had a lot of people from uh, Clubhouse call in, and they've all been great. Poets like Timothy, mm-hmm. Voice of Scars, you know, um, Geronimo did a couple episodes. We have a room where we teach people as well, um, called Fresh Forms. Mm. So I have a bunch of houses. <laughs> um, yeah, you're I love doing Geronimo it. because he likes to learn. <laughs> you're definitely doing it out there on clubhouse man that's what we need the contribution to be able to you know keep it out there uh, uh make spaces that people can come to where they can express themselves that's the way we get our art out there yeah. but bigger than that is that support man is that support i'm definitely gonna make it isn't a, easy to be a new on clubhouse indeed indeed <laughs> you know I'm going to make it my business to get over there on the La Costa Nostra show. I got to make my rounds over there and um, support yeah. the, the support that platform. And I want you guys, mm-hmm. my audience, I want you guys to go check her out. Go check out that that platform. They've been doing it for five years strong. 
some dope topics, mm. some dope spoken word over there. And um, go go give it a listen. If you a love of spoken word, definitely go give it a listen and um and check it out, man. Because that's what we need. We need support. We need support. We need. And if people. you like feedback, we're the place to go. <laughs> yes, feedback is very important. You know, like I tell mm-hmm. you guys all the time. You know, uh, you know, it's like I I get emails. People email me. You know, they make comments. And everything, but at least it's something that I wanted to say also because I wanted to do something. I was doing it before, but I wanted to bring it back uh, a little bit more emphatically. Uh, and that's sending your poetry. Send your poetry to spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. You know, uh, if you want to get on the show, you know how to get on the show. You can get on the show by emailing me at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com and send me some links where I can check out your work. Uh, if you got a book out or something that regard towards spoken word, uh, give me that email and I'll check you out and I'll try to schedule to get you on the show. But if you want your poetry to appear on the show, if you want your poetry, you want me to read your poems. Because from time to time, I do certain artists that come through. I, I will read one of their works. Uh, Mama Oladeji was one. She came through. She she gave me Mama. a beautiful poem. A beautiful poem that I wrote that I um read on the um on her on the show, uh, and just hearing someone else's perspective of your work, you know, is an honor, is a privilege, you know. So sing your work in. I will uh I will read it in the beginning of the show, or I'm gonna make a segment somewhere out through the show where we will highlight and spotlight an artist. You know, a writer that Sunday work in, or if you have an audio, you can send me the audio as well, and I can play the audio. But I want to dedicate a segment to the show for those artists that want to be heard, that that want to get their work out there. They may be shy, maybe they they can write, or they don't want to perform, or whatever the case may be. Uh, send it over to Spoken Soul Sessions at Gmail dot com. Soul is spelled S O L, not S O U L. But, uh, Do you know how many poems I have total? Say that again. Do you know how many poems I have total? In, Everyone in total? On this. I, I want to know yeah. what's the what's the total 6, amount? Six thousand. That's a lot. <laughs> Six thousand. Six thousand. That means you. That means you went through a lot of pens. <laughs> you mm-hmm. went through a lot of pens. I, I find it hard to keep a pen. Like I'm always looking for a pen because I be running my pens out. I'm not I'm not a typer as as far as my poetry is concerned. You know, I don't I don't type my poetry. I gotta be real intimate with my words. So I write all my all my I gotta write it out manually, you know, so I can connect with it. But I know you went through a whole damn six thousand poems. <laughs> That's and, insane. And you and you've written in over a hundred and sixty seven different forms. Of poetry and that's that's mm-hmm. that's astonishing that right there it shows your diligence to the to the art form you know because there's so much beauty in poetry you know outside like I got a collection of work that nobody ever hears you know I never released it this was before I started really doing poetry spoken word rather before I start doing spoken word uh mm-hmm. I would write what I call pondering literature. And it was something that I would do. Cause I, I wouldn't say it was poetry. I would say, Oh, this is pondering literature. But in, in essence, it was, it was poetry. You know, I didn't know I was a poet yet. I thought being a poet was soft, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I wrote these things. Yeah. But I, I wrote, I, I wrote these joints I wrote these poems and um, nobody ever heard them. I'm going to release it in the book maybe soon, but yeah, it's more, it's more of a literary work. I'm known for, I'm known for performance. I'm known for performing poetry, but people don't really know me for my written works, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game as, as opposed to writing poetry, as opposed to performing it. You know, when you're performing, you don't have to be technically sound, you know, you, you have room to improvise. But when you're writing and you're a literary poet, you know, there's there's 
confines and restrictions that you got to stay within the confines of, you know, to, you know, to say that you're doing that art and for you to master those different styles and to even push yourself to even go out there and attempt to, to try, you know, cause some people, they stay in their comfort zone. So I applaud you for that. I applaud you for just the, just your love of the, of the spoken word and of poetry that you would even attempt to try to master all of these styles or to write and not even necessary to master, but to write these styles, to challenge yourself, to say, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to challenge myself to write every style of poetry known to man, you know, <laughs> and, it, and that'll be dope, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But that would be dope, man. I, I I think that's just it's just amazing, man. It's astonishing that uh you know that you would have that drive to do that. All right, so look, let's get let's get back into some poetry. We are on the spoken soul sessions podcast. Uh let's get back to some poetry, boo. Can you serenade us with another poem? Yeah, I'm gonna read one that's a poem. That's my one of my favorite ones to write. It's a pain in the ass to write, but when you're done. Um, I think it sounds good, and you'll see the flow, like with the rhythm and the rhyme. All right. So, um, All right, let me set the stage up for piano. you. Okay. Okay. Coming back to the stage for her second piece, let's give a warm, warm welcome for Boo. This is just called Keys, and it goes like this. The keys are waiting silent still until he comes. They make no thrill. But as her fingers ooze, they sing the melody like angel wings. His soul pours forth throughout every note, each chord a tale of love and hope. A sonata, a symphony, his next strings strum the perfect key. He lost herself within the sound, a world of joy, a peace is found. The fingers lacing free and true, the piano love forever new. An ode to ivory and ebony, through its power, its majesty. The one who knows the sweet romance of waltzing fingers, dreamy trance. So play on, dear, compose its heart, until the song shall never part. The animal love that's always real, beauty pure that all can feel. And poem. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Take us through this. Take us through this poem. Take us through the construction of this poem. <laughs> it's funny because when, when I was trying to teach this um, to another class, they were like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I was like, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. They were like, that's just real for me. Um, so the thing about the pantoon that I love, I love, I love poems that have repetition. For me, I just dig it. But um, some people really get crazy with that. So the way that you write it, um, so what I'm trying to say, the four-line stanza, the A, B, the rhyme scheme, but the first line, line number two and line number four become the first and third line in the next stanza. The last stanza it's the exact same thing as the first and the last two lines. So it kind of sort of all ties together. And then mm. there's um and a word count, syllable count. And so there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of stuff happened. going on. Yeah. Yeah. What I do is I write it in sections and then go back and, and construct it. the words and, and count count and all that. And poetry soup has a very good syllable counter. I'll put my poem in and it'll tell me how many syllables I have in the lines so I know whether to tweak it or not. Mm. Wow, man. Yeah, that's interesting. So you said the first and the second line will be the first line of the second stanza. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's it's it's confusing. It's not quite like a it's sonnet. Confusing. But it's confusing. <laughs> it's not quite like a sonnet, but it's confusing. Like, whoa, like my first and my second line got to be the be the first line of my second stanza. And then the third mm -hmm. and the, the third 
and the fourth line got to be the last lines of the last stanza? Yeah, so the first line, the first line is going to, and also you look at the, the, the meter right there, the A, B, A, C, B, C, A. And I've noticed a lot of people don't even know what that means, mm. period. So I try to teach them. They're like, what do you mean A, B, C? Yeah, break, you know, they don't break it down it. So, for the people, boo. Break it down for the people, man. Let, let them know, man. Because I ain't going to lie, when I be reading and you read the, it's confusing. It's very confusing. Yeah. But yeah, break it down. The, the simple version for the people that they can understand. So, um, rhyme schemes, you know, they, they differ. Of course, the basic that we know is like every other, say every other sentence rhymes, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be the first and the third line rhyme. And then the second and the fourth line rhyme. And we all know those, you know, every other stanza. Um, or we all know A, B, A, B. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every other, right. That's kind of what people call like cat and hat. Mm-hmm. They, say, they say like, I don't, they, sometimes they call it pedestrian rhyme, which I hate that word. But, mm. um, yeah, so... In poetry, they usually generally use like 10 different rhyme schemes that are probably the most commonly used. And also those poetic devices, which I always recommend people use. And a lot of us know the, the typical ones, imagery, you know, uh, uh, visions, uh, couplets. One of the favorite ones I like is couplet. That's basically the two line stanzas. Mm. You've seen those poems? Yes. So there are two lines, stands with the lines. They have that in Arabic as well. Arabic couplets. Yeah. Arabic couplets, their poetry, Arabic poetry, um, they write in couplets. And um, mm. the couplet is very beautiful. There's a lot of. I love the couplet because mm-hmm. it's just, if you, especially for a love poem, I think they're really mm. effective. Sometimes I think rhyme takes away from a love poem. Mm. Almost to make it sound too juvenile sometimes. Mm. Because I'm from like, I always just think poem has to rhyme. That's how I used to think. Yeah. And I never wrote free verse until maybe five years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm very much into rhyming. So See the and, rhyme scheme, like but, like me, like my poetry, I don't know. It 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 tends to rhyme, but it, it, it rhymes in an unconventional way. Like my poetry, yes. I, I never write my poetry with the intention to rhyme. I write my poetry mm-hmm. with the intention of the sentiment, but it just naturally. A lot of times that's called to, inline rhyme. Mm, it, it, it just mm-hmm. tends to rhyme all the time. Like it's a, it's a lot of poems that I got that people think is a rhyme scheme to it. And it's not, there's no rhyme scheme. I didn't write it in no rhyme scheme. It was a free write. And, um, but the way mm-hmm. I perform it, the way I, I pause at certain at certain junctures mm-hmm. of it, it, it may seem like it's rhyming. But uh yeah, man, rhyme scheme is something different. It's it's different. Mm-hmm. It's really different. Like you know Russ, right? He's really good at the inline rhyme. Mm-hmm. Russ like, Russ. It doesn't amazing. end at the, at the end. Mm-hmm. It rhymes inter intertwined. I like that. Mm, indeed. It doesn't sound as forced. It, it doesn't that's that's the point. Because uh, I noticed that about Russ's poetry, and and that's what I, I find that I love about his poetry. It's not forced. It's not forced. And a mm-hmm. lot of time when you when you focus on rhyme, when you focus on rhyme, mm-hmm. and you're like, I gotta rhyme it. I gotta rhyme it. Your poetry becomes it becomes forced. It be it, like it, it shifts from from the the natural sentiment that you intended. It will shift mm-hmm. for the rhyme scheme. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I can I, I I really dig about Russ poetry, I hear rhyme scheme, but it don't sound forced. It sounds like mm-hmm. it was natural and it, it, it go a long line with the with the sentiment of the poem. So I think that's very important though. You know And people can improve their writing by learning these poetic devices. There's you know, I a agree. lot of them, but mm-hmm. alliteration is one that a lot yes. of people know about. Yes. Um 
it makes your poetry sound so much better. Yes. When you, you use these devices. When, when you use certain devices. And that's the thing. But when, see, some people be using these devices and they don't even know that they're using these devices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Timothy they're, was like that. He didn't even know. <laughs> you know? He didn't even know. Like, why well, well, I've been using this all the time and this is what it's called. Now I got a name for it. So it, it, it's mm-hmm. definitely more professional. It's definitely more professional. It's definitely, you know, you're taking the art serious. You're taking the mm-hmm. art serious. You're not just, you know, oh, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, pussyfoot around with it. You know, mm-hmm. you're really taking it serious. So, uh, I think it's awesome, um, man. I think it's awesome when we when we learn these different when we learn these different devices of poetry, and we're able mm-hmm. to utilize them. We're able to put them into actual use. It, it takes us to a different yeah. level. I, I really believe. And that. it's going to sound much better. Your poetry, you're going to expand your mind. It's going to sound more professional and more creative. Mm-hmm. Like Timothy. So I have a house where I teach people. I give them private lessons and I have a lot of students over there. I won't name their names, but Timothy would be mine. So Timothy came and he, he wanted to learn some forms and he didn't even know he was writing in a, a many forms already, <laughs> mm. which was kind of funny. That's, that's, it's crazy. He was writing limericks like crazy. <laughs> writing a whole bunch of limericks, and you don't even know what a limerick is. You're like, what, what, you know <laughs> yeah. I don't know about no limericks. Yeah, most of your poetry are limericks. <laughs> you even know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Tell them, tell the people about that room in, on Clubhouse where you do the teaching, and you're teaching the people about the different styles. Of yeah, so over at Clubhouse, we have it called Poetic University, and it's um, every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We switch to six o'clock, six nine o'clock Eastern and six p.m. for me. And we teach um, poetic devices, writing. We have writing prompts, challenges. We learn a different form, and it's it's been cool because I've seen some people that you know you would never think would want to learn forms at all, and they're like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And some people that just started to love poetry as well. But thought, nah, this is corny. And they're like, no, they're not leaving. We're there four hours. They're not leaving until they get it right. You know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, fuck, this is so hard. This is such a pain in the ass. It's challenging. But then at the end, they're like, oh, thank you. I learned something new. And they're so grateful. And that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not a teacher by trade or anything. But I love to teach people who want to know. I did also have a well-known poet over there come to me and ask me to teach him I am a pentameter. Mm. Um, he's a rapper and he wanted to learn to be more smooth and he nailed it right away and I was so proud wow and and (laughs) it's a beautiful thing that's what we do to contribute to the art form that you know the art form continues not only continue that it thrives you know we we gotta venture off into new things you know and um, I love the fact I love all those rooms that take the time to create those platforms, you know, to teach people, to let the people know, you know, because a lot of times, man, people just don't know and they don't have access mm-hmm. to information or they don't know how to access the information, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that's a problem as well. You know, you like you got the information. And they don't even know the basic things, mm-hmm. you know. And when you and learn, the, the rhyme scheme or any more um, syllable kind of like basic things, and they're afraid to ask, they're embarrassed to ask, they're worried about the wrong. That's you see, know? that's the thing when you when you're when you're writing and yeah, you know, you always got to be able, you know, to venture off and and go outside the lines or 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 test yourself. Like even with like strength training, like when you lift weights. You just don't get up under the weight pile and just lift four, five hundred pounds. No, you know, it's week at a time, one week at a time. You add in another two pounds, another five pounds. You know, you did this amount last week. You you add five more pounds to it. You get used to that for two Mm -hmm. weeks. Then you go up. It's, It's about, you know, stretching the limit because talent, talent is one thing. And uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, rest in peace, man. He was he was the the walking personification of that. You know that you yeah. know talent. You can have talent. You know he was gifted with to have height. He had agility. You know, but the most of the things that he did on the court, it was skills that he developed. 
It wasn't something it was yeah. like his talent can get you, but so far, you know, you six eight or you six nine, it's, it's gonna get you, but so far, you're gonna have to put in the extra effort to take it over to the top to be great, you know. So some people think greatness just is just there. You don't have to develop greatness, you know. No one is just born great, you know. Greatness is right. something that's achieved. It's something that's you know throughout time. You know, you achieve these little small milestones and you and you keep on collecting them. And then you reach that 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 apex of greatness. But you're not born great. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have to put some effort into it. You know, mm-hmm. some some of us got a, a little bit more talent than others. That's something that's given to us. We can do things, but don't allow your not talent to, learn, to stifle you. Know? you. Exactly. You can't let, you can't allow your talent to stifle you. Some people feel like, yo, I got talent and you think that's going to supplement from a, for a person that got the will or determination to develop the skills. That person out there working on their dribble every day, you know, working on that dribble every day. And you say, oh, yeah, I, I know how to make things sound good. And you go in the slam <laughs> and get a rude awakening and get a rude awakening. So. Yeah. Talent, but so uh, far, it's funny. A friend of mine asked me one time, "Do you think the color is born or created?" That's a great question. What was the What was the conclusion? Uh, mostly, they said born, mm. but uh, you know, I think you can learn it. But the, that innate love and, and rhythm, and just I think that's in you. But I think you can learn it. Yes, anything, any. I, I believe, you know, personally, that. You know, you can have something. You can be born with with a gift. You can have a gift. But if you don't nurture the gift, if you don't increase on it, you know, gifts, they they get old. (laughs) Someone give you a gift when you're five and you look at that gift when you're 30, you know, it's not the same gift no more. It's not the same gift no more. It's worn down. It's, It's, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think, you know, you have to take your gifts and propel yourself to greatness by putting the work in, you know, like some people are, are gifted. I think some people just have a way with words. Some people, you know, but it don't, it doesn't undermine the amount of effort that they put in to craft their, mm-hmm. their skills. Like, like I give you a prime example, like pain, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm around pain a lot. He got mm-hmm. he got a gift with rhyme schemes. He can rhyme. He mm-hmm. can freestyle. He can freestyle. Like like I can Payne, props anybody can freestyle. <laughs> he can he can go off the dome and write stuff like on his head on the spot. I've seen him do yeah. it. We've had Better. shows. We've had shows where he forgot his lines and he would remix right on the spot. And nobody would know, but I would know because I know what he's supposed to be saying, but he would say something totally different. And he'd be like, wow, on the spot. And everybody yeah. don't have that. Everybody don't have that uh, that ability. But when, when you're talking to him and you get, in, you get into the know, you know, the things he used to do to create that, that, that skill. He's like, he used, to, he used to just walk everywhere and just be rhyming. Just just talk yeah. about anything, whatever he sees. So he thinks in rhyme scheme, but it was a skill that was developed. He had the talent for it, but he developed the skill by continually doing it over and over again until he mastered it. So, you know what I'm saying? That's a prime example. I, did <laughs> <laughs> I order my food in rhyme, you know, just to mess with it. I'm about to go get some cash to get the door dash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know? You're so embarrassing, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's beautiful. All right, now look. Now we coming to the end of the interview, man. I like, you know, I could do this for hours with you, man. So so calm, man. I'm, I'm loving the conversation. You know, but you got your final piece to give to the people, man. You got your final piece to deliver to the people, man. And uh, I'm going to set the stage up for you. Uh, so you can come and deliver this final piece for the uh, for the family. So coming back to the stage to perform her final piece, let's give a warm, warm welcome for our sister, Boo. Okay, so being which one goes, but I'm gonna go with this one. So 
it goes like this. His voice, that of gold-laced echoes, like silken waves through rustling treetops that entice with mystical properties. Listening with keen ears and opiate eyes, visibly intoxicated, bound and blind beneath your will. Your body speaks to me in hedonistic languages I yearn to understand. Tattoo neglected skin with your vibrance. Paint a picture of unending possibility. Allow our flesh to speak in tongues. Touch me in places I forgot existed. Oblivious to the semantics, yet aware of every reverberation within a shared spiritual hymn. You are my divine inspiration. Nightly we speak in hushed tones and low groans across collarbones. Through a grand artistic tongue, he speaks with the sweetest breath until I've got nothing left. He's my masterpiece. As I recall, those who touch the surface are forgotten, but those who touch the spirit become immortal. Bewitched to such a degree that I'm afraid to breathe. Melodic tenderness replaces the cadence of hollow conversation. Come, dip your pill in my constellation. Our poetic lines symbolize the calmest water and every melodious bellow will be put to shame when he takes a breath and exhales my name. The carnal breath of flesh delight with words with touch and sound and sight. Quiet hushed heartbeats resound. His aura my brand new remedy. Abandon a creative reverie. Flesh recites the rosaries as planets tremble with a quiet intensity. As soliloquies speak the attraction of kinetic chemistry. If only you knew how much you meant to me. End poem. Wow. So heartfelt. So, 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 so heartfelt, man. You said keen. Thank you. you said keen ears with opiate eyes. Wow, man. You had some you had some powerful lines. You had some real powerful lines in this poem. This was heartfelt, man. It was beautiful. You know, uh it, it just shows the true essence of the feminine divine and the masculine divine, you know, and how when they, when they unite and form union, it's beautiful things that happens. Uh, Thank you. Powerful peace, boo. Powerful, powerful peace, man. My oh, muse man. is also a poet. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that right there, that, that, that right there was like, uh, you know, it was reminiscent of this movie that I love so much. One of my favorite movies. People don't know this. But uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Legends of the Fall. You ever seen that movie? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. As far as sentiment of love is concerned, mm-hmm. man, uh, powerful movie, man. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it put me on the lines of that, you know. It put me in the lines when they was writing back and forth to each other, the correspondence mm-hmm. between each other. Uh, it put me along the lines of that, and it was, it's phenomenal. Wow, a- a- excellent piece, though, Boo. I want to definitely thank you. thank you for coming to the show, man, and um, sharing your art with us. You know, letting us know what you got going on. I'm definitely gonna get over there to La Costa Nostra Radio. <laughs> you know, and make my thanks for having me. Most definite, most definite. I mean, you were so welcoming when I came over to Clubhouse. You know, I really appreciate that. You know, being new coming to Clubhouse. You know, very welcoming, very uh, you know, showing us the ropes. You know, and things of that nature. That's what I like to do: show people the ropes because I was lost, <laughs> and it's it can be tricky over there. Exactly. Exactly. But we appreciate what you're doing. And I, I personally I personally appreciate your contribution to poetry and how you're out there doing the work. You know, people need to learn this art form and you're out there sacrificing your time and your talent in order to teach. And it's very appreciative. So those are the type of people I definitely want on the show, you know, to put a spotlight on them to see that there's people out here grassroots that's doing the work. But I, I definitely want to thank you for coming through and um, spending this time with us, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. You you got anything to yes, tell the people? You. you got any you got any upcoming projects that you got going on that you want the people to know about that we can support? Um, it's the radio show, basically, and all of the um, 
I mean, you know, somebody challenged me this year, and at some point I'm going to have to do it. Somebody challenged me to do a open mic spoken word, so I'm going to see if I can get that done at some point. But mm. um, just the show and the group is over in all poetry. Anybody can join. And um, at Clubhouse as well, Cosa Nostra and Poetic University. Those are just a few houses that I have. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, just, I would just tell everybody, keep writing and don't listen to what people tell you and don't, don't compare yourself to others. Be who you are. Be authentic. And let your pen, uh, keep pushing your pen. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, once again, Boo, I want to thank you uh, for coming to the show, man, and spreading this love with the people, man, and uh, letting Thank us you in so your much. world. Most definitely, anytime, anytime. Uh, this is that time of the show that uh, I need my audience. I want to leave some inspiration to the family. So if you if you're listening to the sound of my voice, I need you to pay attention. I need you to hear the sound of my voice. I got something to tell you. I need you to be on your path today. Anything worth establishing tomorrow needs to be foundated today. I need you to stay on your grind. I need you to know that nothing in life is free. Everything expected needs to be worked for. And if you guys don't know anything about me, if you don't know anything about me, I need you to know this. Know, know that I love you. And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace. <laughs>